WMQA. Hello and welcome to WMQA, the official podcast of the WMQ Comics website. I'm your host, Dan Grote. This week we're back on the interview kick with Stephen Smith and Keith Boyle, the co-founders of Cover Alpha Comics, a new venture that deals in exclusive variant covers. So far they've had Rob Guillory draw a cover for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number 100, uh, Matt Frank on Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number 1, and just announced uh, Megan Hetrick on DC's Crimes of Passion anthology. Uh, we talked to them about the company, uh, just how they get these covers to market, and how their uh, respective comic shops, Big Easy Comics in Louisiana and I Want More Comics in Colorado, fared in 2019. But that's not all. Uh, later on, we'll include the second part of our multi-part RPG adventure, uh, Troubleshooters and the Jewel-Encrusted Bunny of Destiny. Uh, if you didn't listen to episode 100, Matt Laswood sent me and guest Veronica Beatrice on a tabletop quest to solve a bank robbery because I had never played D&D before and wanted to learn. Uh, in case you need a refresher, Veronica and I play freelance detectives uh, Sloan Covington-Witt and Wallace Sampson uh, in a world where magic recently came back while regressing technology. We respond to a bank robbery where the vault door was melted and a curious and powerful valuable was stolen from these safe deposit boxes. That ran long, so we're breaking up the rest of the quest over the next few episodes. This week's segment of the quest is subtitled, Panic at the Olive Garden. But first, here are me and Matt and Steve and Keith. All right, so uh, Steve and Keith, I'll, I'll ask you guys this, the, the same sort of icebreaker questions that we ask uh, all of our guests. Uh, what comics do you guys remember reading when you first got into the medium? Well, for me, it was the uh, very first comics I remember grabbing uh, was Death of Superman. Uh, jumped into a little bit of DC world of them beating up on their biggest heroes there with uh, Superman going through that, uh, Nightfall for Batman, and uh, Emerald Twilight for uh, Green Lantern. But I think the ones that really hooked me were, were X-Men, and I was I was really big on that uh, through for almost almost 18 years it seemed like it, the only thing i would read would be an x-men book so those hooked me in the early 90s pretty hard yeah and i started a little bit before that so uh, when i was when i was young and my cousin got me into comics i started with batman probably in the 380s um that kind of range and really got into him heavy and you know from frank miller Mm-hmm. Uh, be, you know, took over and did Dark Knight Returns, and then Year One, and then uh, a lot of um, early X uh, X Men, and you know, around, gosh, Mutant Massacre is kind of when I got into X Men. So that's that's kind of where, where I started, and and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was I was a big fan of when I was a kid. All right. Um... So uh, you guys are here. You guys are the co-founders of a venture called uh, Cover Alpha Comics, uh, which uh, deals in, uh, you know, well, first of all, yeah, I guess just kind of start, walk people through kind of what the business model is and, you know, what you guys are doing with the, with the variant covers that, you got, that you've put out so far. That's a great question. You want me to take that, Keith? Yeah, actually start it off. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Keith and I have gone, go back a ways and, uh, I mean, we both own stores and this is something that we had both been kicking around for a while. Um, you know, not that there's not plenty in the market already for, for variants, but, but we really wanted to, to focus on, uh, quality and, mm-hmm. um, and, and also promoting the creators that we work with. 
uh, as well as best we can. That's why we've uh, we've hired Lisa to do marketing for us and, mm-hmm. and for them as well. A big deal that we kind of also saw was that there's a uh, there's a it, it seems like it's it's part evolution part. I, I hate the word splintering, but it seems a little bit that way about what type of customers are out there for what type of uh, items. And you get a lot of people who want to uh, have, you know, different wants or different needs in, in their own personal hobbies. And uh, where Variant covers uh, specifically chasing down some high-end ones, you know, whether you're you're chasing after an artist or whether you're chasing after a character, uh, has really opened up an area there where there's this, this little niche in there to turn around and, and get something special, something that's a little bit more unique, not the the everyday uh, uh, cover. Uh, the the normal covers and the normal books are fantastic. That's that's where we all get to still get our enjoyment and our reading. But uh, to service that that small percentage out there of uh, uh, custom collectors, that's that's an area where we saw uh, an opportunity uh, and a way to do it. Uh, like Stephen said, the way we way we think is is a real positive. Um, what, you know, what is, is the sort of, what is the origin story, uh, of cover alpha? You know, there's a little bit of it sort of on the about us page on your site, you know, uh, it kind of starts with, with Steve getting, you know, giving a speech on a panel about how to get comics into, uh, non comic hobby shops. You know, where, where did you, you know, where did it kind of go from, from that moment? Yeah, there's a great area. Uh, a lot of retailers now have some good resource uh, out there to to meet each other and to to get to some meetings. And uh, mm-hmm. the uh, one that uh, that you referenced there uh, was uh, the trade show uh, uh, for Gamma, uh, which is uh, focused about uh, game stores uh, primarily. Ah. And uh, both uh, Stephen and I have uh, what we what is kind of referred to as hybrid stores, where we service more than just one specific vertical. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. You're doing partially gaming. You're doing some comics. You're doing pop culture. Uh, both of us have uh, video game, vintage video gaming, also. Uh, and yeah, like you said, Stephen had a, a seminar that was very specific about introducing, you know, comic book retailing into that that hybrid and some and some extra pieces in that. So I was interested in the content, and uh, I very quickly uh, listening to his presentation. Uh, kind of picked up on a uh, on a vibe of of this this guy's intelligent. I, I like I like what he has to say. I like the <laughs> the ideas he presents. And so we got to we got to chatting and, and bouncing some things back and forth. Uh, from there, uh, quickly became uh, friends who who seemingly chatted too often to each other. Probably you know like we probably could have gotten more done if we were uh, uh, not so so chatty on you know facebook or text and things like that but uh uh it it grew where we were looking for opportunities we were looking for uh betterment of our own stores um avenues that we could do something avenues that we could grow into uh with again changing landscape and you're not left with a comic book store just isn't it's it's tough to be just the comic book store anymore just to be the the week-to-week books or the the old stuff you you just you get so wide so quick so a lot of it came from having a conversation to say hey do you think this is a good idea you know what about what about going out and getting you know these widgets or whatever it is um you know obviously you know you've already said you guys both own shops uh it's no it's no secret that you know, at least from from retailers that I've spoken to, you know, it, it, 
they they greet very covers with sort of mixed responses you know what what were you guys seeing in your respective shops uh on the variant cover front that made you want to kind of that made you you know key in on this to to do something different i would love to answer that keith <laughs> um, absolutely your turn yeah um it, so keith keith and i are are pretty um well tied in into the the larger comic retail community mm-hmm. and i would say that the bulk of the complaints uh, that i hear are about not about the variants specifically as variants but mm-hmm. um how many more SKUs there are to order yes and i I don't really see that as a, as an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I just ignore the ones that I don't want and move on. I mean, it's from my perspective, if, if a publisher thinks that if they print a specific thing that it's going to be profitable for them, as long as it's not detrimental to the industry, then that's fine. Um, so I don't personally have an issue with, with variants aside from um, Marvel who, mostly stop now uh, with the, doing their um, their gated uh, variants where you had mm-hmm. to, I mean, they still do it a little bit, but where they had, you had to order so many of one cover to be able to even order another cover. Um, those were the ones I had an issue with. Right. Yeah, I I think that the there's a little bit of it there where specifically there's, there is some poison practices um, that like he mentions walked away, you know, Marvel has walked away from a lot of it there. Um, that DC specifically designed their programs almost in opposite because everything DC did is their their A and B cover solutions are are open order. You know, get what you want. Uh, you don't have to have so many of one before you get into the other one. Uh, Marvel today, I, I just finished up our our final order cutoff order here for stuff that's going to be coming out at the end of January, and there's six variants I didn't get because I wasn't willing to order up enough of the primary cover to get into it and they're all x-men they're the x-men books are doing great right now they're selling awesome but you can't expect to sell as many copies of number six as i did compared to number one because Mm -hmm. everybody liked to try number one everybody jumps in on a new number one well i'm not going to hit 100 percent of those just to go get a couple other variants that i do think are cool i mean i kind of wish i had them on the shelf and if i was able to order them i'd probably sell five to to six of them but that's not worth you know throwing away money on 30 different books so the some of the criticism can be legit you know it can be a point out there that that there's there's something there but it's it's way different nowadays it's 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 more minor that area and what you know about the skew bloat that uh, uh steven says there you can skip over if a one one ret- if one company wants to put out uh 10 different uh, covers you you could you don't have to look at all of them so I, I think that the, the, the market could be healthy for it. Uh, you just also have to know as a retailer, you know, is this a fit? Is this something that's going to work? Because uh, even with what we're doing at Cover Alpha, I love, I love our books. I love what we have out there. And we, we make them available uh, by wholesale to other stores if they'd like to carry them too. Mm-hmm. But they're not a fit for everybody if they don't have the customer base for it. Sure. Uh, so uh, what is the process? for these covers coming into being. Um, I mean, you've done covers for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 100 for IDW with Rob Guillory, um, Power Rangers Ninja Turtles, which is the co 
IDW Boom Joint with Matt Frank. Uh, did you lobby the publishers for those, or did they reach out to you, or something in between? Uh, I was, it's kind of something in between, because um, we we know a lot of the the publishers' um, representatives directly, and and I Rob Guillory is a friend of mine, mm-hmm. um, and and Morgan Perry from. Uh, Boom was my customer when she was in high school before she moved to California. So um, those were pretty easy. And um, now we're getting not only um, us reaching out, but those publishers now are starting to reach back. And, and, and we've got a lot going on with uh, the publisher that, that we're working on a, a book that's releasing in, what is that, April, Keith? Yeah, the, the big one that we're working on right now will be an April release. Yeah. And we're getting now we're we're kind of evolving into a stage where some information gets presented to us in a hey so you do covers would you care about this 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 type of cover um, so it was it, you, the the first two kind of both happened differently and those like like Stephen says he's got his relationship with Rob so we we had that targeted in our head we we were really excited about getting that done uh, specifically there uh, but when we came to wanting to work with uh, Boom on the um, the, turn, the Mary Murphy Power Ranger Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number one, we didn't have an artist picked out directly. And mm-hmm. we took their suggestion. And uh, Matt Frank was fantastic on that. I, I, I was really happy with how that came out. We just had minor conversation about concept and idea, and uh, he, he destroyed it. That was just so much fun to see that come together. It was, and I, well, I will say that um, uh, the reason we landed on Matt Frank initially was because the concept was uh, a Ninja Turtle Zord that uh, the the Nickelodeon wouldn't approve because you know they don't want us making stuff up. Uh. Uh, even though, like um, when Rob did a, a Power Ranger story um, for them, they they let him create two brand new Power Rangers, and that wasn't an issue. But they wouldn't approve that. Um, and I love Infinity Gauntlet, and mm-hmm. so they let us do that homage. And Matt, yeah, he just like he said, he's knocked it out of the park. You know, you th- you you think they say thank you for the uh, Ninja Turtles Zord idea? I mean, that's a license to well, print they, toys, I'm, but <laughs> I'm, I'm sure they will later when I see it on the shelf, right? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it, yeah, and that that's funny that they're crossing over now too. I just. Uh, God, I think it was just a couple of weeks ago uh, watching the last season of The Toys That Made Us and they did both a Power Rangers episode and a Ninja Turtles one. Anyway. Um, well, and there was a time there where they, they had a relationship, you know, in the in the late 90s when uh, uh, was it was it? Was it Saban that bought them both? I, I, I'm, I'm getting the name wrong there, I think. But there was a time, you, you've got a live action where the two of them got together. And uh, for it being kind of not touched for so long, uh, it's it's actually hit fan base really well. Like I, I've, I see ridiculous amounts of, of positive results about the content of the book uh, because they're they're enjoying the the story that's being told there, and, and the story is being told as if they know each other from back. It's like it's not the I turned a corner and who are you kind of story. <laughs> so it's uh, by them playing on the history there and all this, they're really reaching reaching deep out there for the fans, and, and the fans are responding well. 
mm-hmm. it, it's fascinating how well Ninja Turtles cross over with other things. It's such a bizarre concept. You'd think not, but it works with Batman. It works with Ghostbusters. It's when I'm now working with Power Rangers. If they could only ever do that Ninja Turtles Daredevil crossover, that just makes so much sense. That's well, you know, the only the only hole you have there is that um, he's how does he handle the the idea of not being able to see exactly what they are, but having to imagine him by the by his own powers. You know, like, <laughs> I think it's funny because you, you sit there and you're like, if we were walking down the street and all of a sudden a Ninja Turtle turned the corner, are we so desensitized to it today that we're like, oh hey, look, it's real. You know, like it's that kind of thing. It's like nothing's going to spook me because it's all possible, I guess. You know, in the Marvel Universe, once you've run into Lockjaw once, from there on out, nothing probably surprises you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to figure out where to go with this, and I just I got. <laughs> I'm like, I, you know, he did just have Heimdall's sword for a little bit, so I. Yeah, he's, uh, he's, seen, he's seen everything. <laughs> Even though it's wild, it's so yeah, wild it's out there about what you want, and you know the the fan service side of crossovers is mm-hmm. is really where it's at. You know, like you see a lot of successful books out there right now that get to to play in arenas that you just don't you don't imagine. Because I think that inherently, as us as fans, like we, I'm deep in the X Men. I can think about them fighting all the villains that are out there, but I didn't consider them you know, teaming up with the turtles and, and going at something like that and all this. So I, I really want to read that book when it's written because I want to think, you know, I want to get somebody else's take on the idea. I, I definitely want to know if a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle is allowed on Krakoa. Oh, that that's, that's gotta be, it's gotta be somewhere in the bylaws, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's in the name. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's fair, fair. I mean, even though they were mutated, I... <laughs> There's probably a layover in another world, but still. <laughs> um, but you know, getting getting back to to you know the covers you guys are are putting out, you know, what what piqued my interest to, to start, you know, I feel like like Rob Guillory, you know, that's definitely coming strong out the box, uh, you know, and I say that as a as somebody who's like a huge fan of Chew and Farmhand, but you know, B, he's not he's not necessarily someone who's known for doing a ton of of you know variant cover work or even sort of you know a, a lot of work outside you know uh, his own creator own stuff um you know i you mentioned you know uh being being friends with him so obviously you know there's a connection there to leverage but uh you know that's definitely you know if you're if you're starting a new venture that's definitely a, a you know a good get to kind of start with i would think Oh, absolutely, and and yeah, I'm with you 100 percent because uh, on on the the stuff he has and hasn't done because uh, now I'm just I'm his friend, but I'm also probably his biggest fan, mm-hmm. and I own two of at least two of everything he's ever done uh, in my collection. So, um, in addition to the stuff that he's done with for my store in the past, mm-hmm. um, but so you know that part of the story is is interesting because. He, I, I, I bounced some ideas off of Rob uh, as I, as Keith and I were trying to um, decide how we were going to launch this, what we wanted to accomplish, um, and he was a big help um, in that. So it's, there's some traditional models out there you can go with. You can mm-hmm. obviously, if we're working with a company and 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 like it came together with the 
uh, boom, they were like, hey, you know, help us introduce this artist, you know, we'll pay, you know, a fee to, to get this done, you know, and, and go forward with this. You know, Rob, we were, we contracted him for the, the art and all this and then brought, you know, that into the IDW world. But he already had to be approved and he had already a foot in the door because he has a very large, uh, what is it, issue number six or number eight? Uh, number six. Steven? It's number six. There's a, there's a, I think it's the one in 10 variant for that is a highly desired Rob Guillory, um, uh, change me Ninja turtle variant from mm -hmm. this, this run here. So he already, you have to kind of, when you're playing with licensed properties, of course, you know, who's at home, you know, Nickelodeon and, and such like that have to, uh, give you the thumbs up to be able to do that. So we have an angle in there, but, uh, it's, you know, whether you want to turn around and, uh, uh, I think, I think, Here's where I was going with this. Now that I remembered, um, Rob's big deal about not necessarily having being beyond uh, Chew and Farmhand and things like that is because he was so deeply involved with that, and that it was so successful that he wasn't really out there trying to scratch for you know the smaller job type ideas. But he's got a Venomized cover that was on Thanos that's like also you know uh, big up on people's lists uh, for uh, a variant out there. And it just it fit together so well for us to to get somebody who you know has a good fan base and then a good property like Turtles mm -hmm. to be able to kind of start that off. How what what can you tell us in terms of you know what is different you know in working with these artists uh, in terms of sort of uh, I guess how how do you working with these artists differ from you know, what they would do if, you know, say Marvel hired Rob to do, uh, you know, a, a random X-Men uh, variant, I guess, both in terms of, you know, the process, but also, you know, compensation. So uh, process wise, that I mean, that really is going to depend on the publisher. Mm -hmm. um, some of them have very strict terms, right? Like Marvel won't let you talk to the artist at all during after their commission to do a, a book for you. Mm until it's until it's done and so you have no i mean i think you can send notes in or whatever but you can't have any communication with them um dc um is a little more lenient about that um but but they're also very uh they communicate back and forth very well uh mm -hmm. too and but the other publishers are, are much more open to uh, us having conversations during the process um so that that's helpful there um, but but from what we're doing differently for the artists and the publishers or maybe even another uh, company that does variant covers, um, I mean, we're doing this show with you guys, right? I mean, yeah. we're doing um, uh, Lisa helps us with with not just marketing us, but marketing them. So she goes out and, and works with places like Newsarama and Bleeding Cool to not only get us articles for our new books, but to get them their own articles, right? Um to, to help try and raise their profiles in the industry. Yeah, your article that you guys did for Rob is is exactly the type of thing that we want to see because um, it's it very much is that idea. It's 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 so true when you kind of like look at it about the idea that um, the rising tide will raise all boats mm -hmm. because we all can we all can be successful in this and we all can turn around and and have a lot of fun and put out good quality work and and make it all profitable all the way around we have already seen with some artists like the the traditional model is still what they would prefer the 
let's commission an, uh, uh, a price tag on this and let's let's do that and and shake hands you know and that's that's the type of thing but we've been open and we've we've had some discussions now with some others about um you know you know opening that up and making it more of a long-term relationship more of a a thing that works out you know we we would see long-term development of you know con appearances and and you know more marketing level uh, things that work out great. Uh, Stephen was able to to go out, and again, relationships make this easier. Mm-hmm. But to go out and meet with with Rob and spend a day uh, getting you know x amount of books signed, getting x you know we did ten sets that were uh, signed and remarked, sketched on them, and those were so well received because it's it's a cool extra piece that the the you know the collector gets to have you know it's the it's that connection and i see it all the time here in my store is that anyone who's ever been a local artist or who has come through the local convention scene their books will now sell better because there's been a personal contact with some people they'll they'll say oh i know you know locally grew up here amy reader was Mm -hmm. was was local here and all this and so if when amy's going to do amethyst you know coming up here in I think two months uh, for DC. I expect that to sell double what it just would do if it was just an amethyst book, just because you know people have a, a human relationship to it, and it's it's well beyond just you know my characters and my art. But everybody's now gotten into to the idea that you know meeting these people is and and getting a piece of what they can do and and having conversations and the availability and accessibility that they are because of you know internet communication and following people on patreons and twitters and things like that it's it's really opened up fandom mm-hmm. yeah it definitely has yeah. absolutely it was always i mean i worked in a shop for 15 years that had a very healthy group of creators who shopped there and would come in and do signings and we would sell more Archie Comics than the next five shops together because one of the principal Archie artists at the time shopped at the store. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we talked a little bit. Uh, you guys mentioned briefly the the wholesaling program. Um, you know, you guys are retailers. You know, this is you're you know now you're reaching out to other retailers. Um, you know, how has that part of the business? Uh, you know, how is how is that? you know, the reception from, you know, from, from other retailers been? Well, I think we've got, we've had a couple sign up with the, the early books to, to, to kind of be there. And I feel like that they'll, they're people who we've known people who we've, we've met, as we said, well, there's a lot of these trade shows. There's a lot of these events that we go to that we, we shake hands with uh, mm-hmm. both, both me and Steven plan on being up in Portland next month with uh, comics pro, which is, you know, your biggest one for comic book retailers. Mm-hmm. And when you, those, you know, if, if, if it works for their store that they have those, those types of things that then it's, it's really good in that area. What's real surprising is that, you know, my, my store is here in the, the Denver market mm-hmm. and, Denver has a large saturation of books of comic book stores than compared to some, you know, I, I wouldn't say every market. There's definitely bigger ones, but it's a larger number out there than you kind of would think because it starts off with where Mile High Comics grew in the 80s and 90s and Absolutely. kind of became a big deal in that. Mm-hmm. And so there's just a lot of that here. But with all the different stores in town, there's nobody that's sharks versus jets for us. You know, there's nobody that we're, we're up against, you know, like as far as that's concerned. In fact, most stores are actually pretty friendly enough 
to to help each other out. If I'm sold out of something and I'm trying to get it for a customer, mm -hmm. I, I can call the other stores. We can trade back and forth. I can even refer my people up there because we all have a good opinion about this. Comic book competition, you know, business competition, it's not it's not what you would think, you know, from the outside, mm -hmm. uh, because it's, it's, there's still at the core level. I think there's most of us who just, who love the medium. I want to see people buying comic books, even if they can't buy them from me. I want, you know, to see our industry grow. I want to see that I want my books not to get canceled because there's not enough readers, you mm -hmm. know, like it's, it's some of it's selfish, but, um, the, the industry itself and the relationships, Actually, I think are mostly positive. I think it, I think you have to categorize it as as something where more often than not you'd find that local retailers can even get along. It's beyond just you know not not talking bad about each other, but it's actually to the point of getting along. Yeah. I, I'm very glad to hear that uh, Chuck Rosensky's not about to switch a blade on you anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> well, I we're just it, some of it's in a different. You know, for us, it's a different market. I mean, he is still the juggernaut of the internet, and especially international sales. Like a lot of his world has to do with with shipping older comics. You know, the the stock that he's got internationally, which is something that like I don't do international sales, and that's it's a limited pool. If if you're a collector in Australia, New Zealand, even some of the areas like Saudi Arabia, I understand to be large clients for him. And so his business is is different. It's it's just quite a bit different in that area. And you know he's, but he's still got the one large, you know, the the mega store, the warehouse that's still tremendously large and 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 that. But no, I you know we don't we don't we don't necessarily get along. You know, go out and have breakfast once a month with everybody because you know we're always busy. Sure. But on the flip side, you know, like. There will definitely. It was out in San Diego last year, and all the comic book retailers that were in San Diego, we all went out for dinner one night, you know, and sat there and and spent too much money on on seafood and 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 joked it up with each other, and you can easily have that kind of camaraderie. How closely are you able to track, or or are you tracking, you know, what happens to to the books after you sell them? You know, obviously with varying covers, it's a it's a big uh, you know. It's a flipper's market, you know. So, I, I, yeah. So that's that's a great question. We 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 track ours closely, mm -hmm. um, and we we actually pay a lot of attention to what else is being put in the market from from other retailers that are that are doing similar things. But um, our model is a little bit different because uh, we don't lower the price of our product. We and, and we and for for retailers that that buy from us. Mm -hmm. Um, they can sell the comics for whatever they want, but they can't advertise them below uh, our our suggested retail price. Because mm -hmm. um, what's important to us, and, and important to us for the collectors as well, is that is that the when they buy a book from us that, that they enjoy, that they that they also know that it, you know it's it's going to hold some level of value to them. Is there a formula for that MSRP or? Is it really relative to the book? We'd love it's... one. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a, I only make fun of because it's the conversation we've been having all day about a different book. We're like, how would that work? You know, how would you do that? How would you make that make sense? And you know, what could you do? Because it's it's tough in that area. Uh, there's there's definitely some consideration towards 
what's the original cover price of this book without a variant? You know, the Take Turtles 100. Everybody mm-hmm. sees on every one of them, they're printed at seven ninety nine, And uh, we sold ours, it was... Nineteen ninety nine, am I right? Um, so the so the regular Yay. cover was fifteen, okay. and uh, fourteen ninety nine, and then the variant was uh, nineteen ninety nine. That's what it, that's much what it smaller was. print run on the so, version. Yeah, we don't want to get into an area where the the number's too overinflated because mm-hmm. that you you have a concern that you know I'm not getting good value out of this, uh, and you know something you know it's it's pretty standardized it looks like you know across the board out there that anywhere from like a a a two times to three times original cover price is pretty standard for your a cover that's that's kind of universal that's what everybody's kind of living within right now you can find some examples that are outside of that but um we're we're kind of living in 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 that start off the point of like a 2x and then see where it goes because potentially we're going to get a cover that you know is just too hot you know like the the art's just too big the concept's too big you know there's going to be so much demand so you you know you you may have a little bit more but i think that for the most part we're not we're not really trying to find a way to maximize it we'd rather get it in the hands of the collectors our first two books got into more collectors hands than than people looking for uh you know speculating on its its investment i i know that i just know and especially when you see the people who came back after we announced the mighty Morphin power rangers turtles and and bought again you you know they're turtles fans and then i see this whole new segment of power ranger fans that are in there because i see it talked about inside their collector groups you know in that area so I know that our first couple offerings so far have not been focused upon um, a, an investment uh, speculation. Uh, you guys, uh, currently on, on the Cover Alpha site, there's a countdown uh, ticking off to a variant, or a variant launch uh, tomorrow, which will be last Tuesday by the time this actually goes out because um, we usually record a week ahead. Um, Given that, uh, what what you teasing? You uh, you promise not to say anything? Yes. <laughs> no one's no, gonna, no one's gonna know well, until well, next I, Tuesday. I yep. We we understand. Listen, uh, we have um, uh, we have an arrangement with Newsarama in the morning to to launch the book. Um, at the same time, it goes live on our site, and we are um, we are announcing. Um, Cover Alpha's uh, Crimes of Passion, number one, the the, the Valentine's Day one-shot. Ah, DC. Um, DC right. actually only authorized five variants for this, mm-hmm. and um, that was intentional on their part, and, and there only actually four were commissioned. Mm-hmm. So we we have a, a Nightwing and Batgirl coming uh, cover being um, revealed tomorrow morning. Ooh. And I have, I have a little bit of... Uh, it, it, it probably is a little bit too much in, in my influence of where we went with the artist on this because uh, she's a personal favorite of mine for the um, a work that she did on uh, a Fleer Ultra X-Men uh, set of cards last uh, in 2018. But uh, Megan Hetrick uh, oh. has got a amazing cover delivered for us on this. So we will have uh, just a, just a regular cover on it, but um uh, it's uh, we're we're very pleased with the way it turned out. Wait, there were Fleer X Men cards two years ago. 
Yeah, that, well, don't go down that rabbit hole. Let me, <laughs> let me, let me advise you. <laughs> so, yeah. collecting... He bought a car with the money he spent on those. Yeah, uh, <laughs> a nice one. Um, the uh, cards nowadays are not even aimed at the kids, and that's... It's that a shame. Sucks. It's mm-hmm. really a shame. But it's still the largest thing I personally collect is is the specifically the Marvel cards, X-Men above all. And there was a 2018 Fleer Ultra X-Men set that the cards were originally came out as like, was it five cards to a pack, $20 packs. Whoa. Bells. Are, Bells. Oh, yeah. The cards are uh, unbendable. They are, I think they're 120 point thick. Like they're insane insane but uh she's got she had about four pieces in, and onslaught is one of my favorite characters and she she did that one and so uh i love her use of coloring i love uh some of the vibrance that she can really bring to her art and uh she really delivered on a vampirella cover recently that was was darker than and kind of like smokier is is the way i saw it, like the normal but uh uh this conveys the will they won't they of uh nightwing batgirl so well and and has so many elements in it that we're we're just we're really happy with with how it turned out well, that definitely that definitely sounds great i'll have to uh look forward to checking that out <laughs> yeah you're you're i don't usually do <laughs> variants but that one's kind of right in my wheelhouse i i we hear have... the tentedness in matt's voice <laughs> <laughs> It was an interesting program by DC because, again, they, they announced it out to all the retailers. They said, we're going to do this. We're going to authorize five different covers. You can pick a pair of, of DC characters. And the, pair, the, the pairs that were available were Joker, Harley, Batman, Catwoman, uh, Batgirl, Nightwing, uh, Question, uh, Renee Montoya, and Batwoman. Oh, oh wow. And Black Canary, um, Green Arrow. Uh, no and, love for the Dibneys. I, I knew you were going there. <laughs> <laughs> we have, we have. I, I've seen one more that's out there that that was announced out today, and I'll I'll let them handle their own PR on that one and all mm-hmm. this. I I think it's I think it's I I think it's actually a, a pretty good cover too. Um, but they only only four of the five characters were were chosen. So uh, there'll be the main cover, which uh, is a Mikkel Janin, I think it is. Yeah. And yeah. Um, and the the four different uh, exclusive variants on this one. And so it's a uh, it's a big meaty book. It's an eighty page nine ninety nine yeah. giant. So it's 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 a jugger. It's <laughs> it's it was a big uh, it was a big commitment for us to jump into our on our first uh, DC book, but. Uh, Working with DC was was really good. Actually, they their program for doing this, the people that they have internal for this, uh, were were real easy to get along with and 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 meet their their type of things. Like I said, it was kind of weird. Like if we had anything art wise, we were passing it through DC, but they were real. They worked with us uh, real heavily on on all that to to make sure that it wasn't we. I don't know. I'm not the type of guy who's going to tell an artist how to how to do their art you know I, sure. it's kind of one of those things i know what i like and you know when it, when it grabs me I, I go ooh. but um is if we had any you know the, there was some hey pick between these kind of ideas you know and all this type of choices that were were a lot of fun to be part of well that that's awesome you know i'm glad, definitely glad to hear that it was a good experience uh you know in the meantime you guys still have shops to run uh it's 
you know, big easy comics in Louisiana and, and I want more comics in Colorado. Uh, generally, how do you feel like the past year was for, for your respective stores? Oh, you don't want to ask Steven that question. He's going to cheat on his, his answer. <laughs> Uh, you know, it was an interesting holiday season. I'll say that. Um, and because uh, we were it's it, first down December I've had in, in a long time. But we we uh, I think we grew like 11 percent this year. Um, okay. I went back and look. I mean, that wasn't my goal. My goal was a little bit higher than that because I had a nice round number that I wanted to hit. But uh, we didn't quite get there. But uh, we're right now we're in, we're in the middle of. Uh, a remodel, so uh, that's what I got to get done in the first quarter here. How much we, of it we, was the re- how much of it was the remodel, and how much of it, you know, uh, the fact that Christmas and New Year's both fell on Wednesdays uh, this year? Uh, I, 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 you know, I think a lot of it was the lack. We you lost a shopping week essentially. Sure. Mm-hmm. This year because of the way Christmas fell, and I think that had a lot to do with it. Um, the remodel, we y- you wouldn't have even noticed at that point. We made sure that it wasn't going to get in the way. We've only done one front, basically front side counter area of the store, and I've got the rest of it still to do, which mm-hmm. is 90% of the work. So um, that's I'm just waiting on materials right now. I like how it's turning out. I I'm kind of jealous. I'll be honest. You know, it's 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 really got a very uh, you know, like the kind of like an oak feel to the whole place that just makes it like just really pop out. There's a whole lot of metal pipe. It's going to look very steampunky when it's done. And yeah, a whole lot of um, nice real wood shelving in there. Very nice. Keith, how about you? Uh, Business was, we're, this will we're next month will be our 11th anniversary and Ooh, I got I got to think at some point in time you won't have a growth year you know like there's some time you kind of like flatten a little bit but maybe you can you fight against it, it was a, it was a year we were we were at 12% up so business wise was there it does feel slightly almost disappointing because the the last quarter wasn't wasn't there at the same level as the rest of the year the the beginning of the year started off to to mid year was just so rapid fire but I, I i count a lot of what that that growth is into um a little bit of diversification you know we added in um retro video games this year and that that's been okay pop pop figures those those little bobbleheads sure are are insane i can't <laughs> i was i was doing i was i you know you think i'm trying to think numbers wise and all this you think you're selling maybe you know like I don't know, 50, a hundred of those a month, you know, like in the, in the beginning of the year. And then I think by the end I, I was, I feel like I was doing that a week because it's just, if you, if you embrace the collectability of that and the, and the, the collectors groups inside that area, let, mm-hmm. let, you know, buy off of, you know, buy what's, you know, when people thin down, cause they they take up a lot of space after you buy a whole bunch of them. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> you turn around and have an, uh, an area there where you're constantly getting in something that somebody else was looking for and it becomes real popular for that. So that was a big growth area for me, but I feel like comic books, you know, like there's going to be, I don't know where, where other retailers feel like if there was a big critique over the year. Um, there was, I mean, there's some monsters out there. We all, every retailer would have done great with uh, powers of 10 house of X, you know, yeah. like that's, that's a slam dunk out there. And I know that some retailers had problems with Batman after, you know, post they didn't get married kind of uh, time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't, 
you know, we we saw a couple people, but you know, percentage wise, it's it it was pretty small. And I think that there's just a lot of quality work out there that is so wide that if you don't find your happiness in one area, you can turn the corner into something different. You know, tremendous success on like a uh, project by yeah you know, by Image Die. That yeah, that's mm-hmm. insanely good. And you know, and to be able to turn to a book that feels nothing like a superhero book mm-hmm. and gives us all that kind of you know like uh, m- mystery adventure kind of thing feelings uh it's great for it's great for us to be able to have the, that type of diversity in in what we read it's also good for image because you know considering the past year they lost the walking dead wicked and the divine and and you know didn't lose saga but they also haven't had saga mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. And it's 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 necessary that they're going to have a couple pieces that still keep them going because you know there's still a business behind that place to run. Mm-hmm. But um, I am sure at the end when they're looking at all of it and the numbers they did on Spawn 298 to 301, yeah, that that's got to be insane. I know I did crazy numbers. I mean, our our normal before that probably was selling. 25 30 copies of spawn and i think we did about 400 of 300 of of number 300 it's just wow yikes you you get people who who like it you get people who want to chase the the, again that's an area that was one of the 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 signs in the road that says hey variants are a good thing and people as long as you're not turning around and making it like you can't it can't be about collect them all anymore that's that's what burned me out on x-men is the idea that i had to have every variant back 10 years ago and that was only i don't know maybe maybe five six eight variants a month nowadays i i can't imagine if i was trying to if my ocd was still kicked in and i i was trying to grab every single one nowadays it would be crazy you really gotta teach even even encourage your customers it's like be picky with your money you know buy what you're enjoying not everything because you just nobody in this planet can afford anything I don't care who you are. Uh, there's, I oh god, it was probably six months ago. I went up to the counter at my shop with my one copy of every book, and there was this guy who's a customer who's giving me shit because he's like, "How do you only get one? I get two. I get every cover of everything." And the retail, my my retailer is like, "No, no, no. He he only gets the one." but he still gets more books than you because he reads everything. I'm like, yeah, I do. I, if I got every variant of every book I read, it would end very poorly for the foundation of my house. Because it would just crush. <laughs> so there's a lot out there. It's, it's a fantastic time in our industry, isn't it? I mean, like the number of creators that, were legends 20 years ago that are still creating and still putting out at high quality today the number of new creators that that come on the scene that we we feel this desire that we have to i gotta read everything donny cates today you know like the mm-hmm. that idea you know that that's out there for this and and you know the delivery it's so it's so good like i i i think it's just it's just built upon a strong foundation of way of where comics came from and you know you now just Man, you do get the 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 biggest a la carte of your life to to get into what you like. Absolutely, uh, you know, looking looking ahead, are there any particular you know trends or sort of narratives within the industry that you you know think we're going to be seeing a lot of uh, this year? 
Uh, I think that um, uh, that the speculating that's kind of really grown the last couple of years is not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm constantly talking to my fellow retailers about, you know, it, it's not a bad thing unless you're not being a good steward uh, of the industry and your customers, right? Um, if you're if you're a retailer that's not that's that's going to just let somebody come in and buy as many as they want, it's it's good for you. I'd say I can't even say it's good for you. It's not good for you because you can't sell those books to anyone else, and you're not doing that person any favors either, right? So what I always tell people, and Keith has already touched on it, is uh, encourage your customers to buy what they enjoy, um, and don't give them any illusions that that um, you know they're com- they're going to be able to retire on their comic collection one day. Yeah. You know, so much of, of what you put into it, um, yeah, that's money, sure, but what you get out of it is is enjoyment. That's that's what I you know the way I try and get my customers to kind of start looking at things. But don't get me wrong, I, I collect things, and I have plenty of customers that are that are collecting for some sort of value. But we just don't want to mislead them in any way, right? Mm-hmm. I think another. You know, between you know, watching the the trends that are outside of comics influencing what's sold inside of comics. You know, every time we listen for the next announcement of a of a movie character that's going to show up or something along those lines, I think that we're also in a major time of anniversaries. If you look at at that already, we've got um, it's not it's not a hard and fast anniversary, but when you see trends like uh, DC pushing uh, Flash going back to original numbering wonder woman going back to original numbering and it's it's coming from the collector now saying you know the the collector and the reader you know like saying hey you know like i want you know i want the longevity i want to pay respect to where this character has come from as opposed to just i'm gonna i mean you're not gonna trick me by just selling me a new number one every 12 months you know like that's i want i want history in my characters i want depth and I want it to build upon and continue to go. So I think you're going to see uh, a lot of anniversary nods of the cap. I think you're going to see uh, a lot of acceptance to the idea that uh, comic collectors are are not tricked by, we're not tricked by the shiny covers anymore. We're not tricked by just number ones. We're, we're very invested in quality, in, in history, in pieces like that. And, and I think that that pays off. I think that that does really well for, I mean, it's mostly going to be the big two that get to cash in on that. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, the fact that when we do see Saga come back, you know, there's going to be a rush to that. There, We all remember the quality of that story. We all remember that we were invested in those characters. We want to go back. We're not going to feel like it deserted us. So there's there's a desire for familiarity, for comfort, for history and i think that that's you're going to see a lot of that really shine through i actually finally just got to read saga 54 today so (laughs) i'm caught up i'm ready (laughs) i can start spoiling things more than i accidentally did okay good to know (laughs) well you were just you were just savoring it right yeah, I mean, basically that, but yeah. also, you know, my trade to read pile is, uh, it's big. It's, it's sizable, <laughs> but, um, you know, guys, this is, this has been great. Uh, you know, how can people follow, uh, you know, 
Cover Alpha, your stores, whatever it is you know you want to plug at this point uh, online. Yeah, uh, you know, all we're we're always on Facebook, right? Big Easy Comics, I want more comics, and Cover Alpha Comics. Um, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, uh, um, and we have you know customers can go uh, buy from us on our website, uh, CoverAlphaComics.com. So it's fun chasing all the different avenues out there to talk to people nowadays. It, it feels like it's so it's so weird to see the diversity of how people want to get their information. Like there's no there's no one pipe anymore. You know the the days of just an email newsletter is is gone. And so we we try to cover it all. We try to get all the information out through all those all those different ones. So cover Alpha Comics for sure on all those platforms is tries to stay pretty universal. And again, we'll give a little uh, nod and shout out there to uh, to Lisa for for helping us uh, turn around and 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 keep that that type of thing straight in our world and, and educating us with what the right way to Instagram something is <laughs> a skill. I still need to learn. Um, Stephen Keith, uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, thanks, thanks guys. It's good fun. W-A-Q-A. Marks, Marks. Hey, all right. It is, it's Wally Sampson. Um, so we've been out snooping around, went to the Lady Marguerite's house, had a nice chat with Mr. Jamil. Um, so we, we, we have some new information and we'd like to share it with you, possibly also with Jimmy. Uh, neutral territory though. Uh, What's your favorite bar? Yeah. You're on speakerphone. Oh, yeah. Hi. Um, no. We go. We usually go to this dive down on Seventh. It, it's Giuseppe's. They got. It, it's an Italian. It's Italian restaurant. It's got a bar. We usually go get some pasta. You get a nice drink. You want to come down? Meet me, Giuseppe's. All right. <laughs> you want me and Jimmy? Yes, I yes, really. please. All right. Listen, I, I'm on break. For, uh, I, I, my my break starts at one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not too far from here, so we'll meet you. We'll meet you there at around one fifteen. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. You it it takes about forty five minutes to get back, yeah. mm-hmm. so that gives you half an hour to do anything you'd want to do before uh, they show up. Okay. Um, I think what I'm most interested in knowing once we arrive at Giuseppe's. What's our blue blue rock doing? The blue rock is not glowing at this juncture. Yeah. Well, shit. I have a question about um, wizard mechanics. Is this? Uh, I know as a I usually play a cleric. Uh, clerics pray in the morning over their spells. Do wizards like get to choose them at the beginning, at the beginning of, the of the day? Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. All right. Just wanted to make sure. Cool. Yeah, yeah I. I think I would just. Are you grabbing a table? Are you grabbing a spot at the bar? Let's get a table. Yeah, let's get a let's get a table. Yeah, see if if anyone else is you know. It's a fairly active space. As there's honestly, you're looking at this place. Are there's there a, this, mirrors anywhere? There are mirrors. There's a mirror behind the bar. There are various other mirrors around. Yeah. Uh, this place. You guys might have just gotten a little hustled. 
Because this place is not where two working class Joes are going to go and regularly drink. Yeah. It's, they, they figured they're going to get a couple of nice drinks and maybe a meal out of you guys. That's smart. Fine by me. So I, I partnered with money, so. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Uh, so. You got uh, daddy's plastic on your side. <laughs> uh, you've settled in, you've gotten, you know, an appetizer or a couple of drinks, whatever you want. Uh, about almost one fifteen on the dot, both Jimmy and Marks walk in. Uh, Marks is still in his uniform. Uh, Jimmy has a jacket on. He's not wearing, he's wearing, you know, dockers and a, a, a blazer, you know, kind of rumpled, nothing. He, he's, you know, he wouldn't have gotten in here probably in the coveralls. I mean, it, we're... This is an Olive Garden. I mean, we're, we're talking a little... Uh, <laughs> it, 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 I mean, it's not going to cost you an arm and a leg, yeah. but it's nicer than... Uh, it's macaroni girl, basically. Yeah. 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 But family owned. I mean, this yeah. is real pasta. They make sure. this in the back. Penne <laughs> uh, girl, then. Yeah. They, they nod. and they, they clearly do know somebody here. I mean, Because yeah. the, the, the maitre d' sort of gives them a nod and greets them and they see you and they come over and they sit down. <sighs> oh, thank you for meeting us here. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, we wanted to keep this away from Jameson. He seems kind of high-strung. You could say that. Yeah. <laughs> if you were in a charitable sort of mood. <laughs> <laughs> what can we get you guys? Um, you know, uh, you may look through the... They, they order, um, yeah. they both get, you know, uh, some sort of, some alcoholic beverage of their particular choosing mm -hmm. and like a plate of pasta with, you know, lobster. Like they, they, they ordered from the higher end stuff on yeah. the menu. This, this isn't just they like, know you know. it's getting expensed. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. This isn't just like, you know, spaghetti with red sauce. Yeah. Uh, no, this is, you know, they, they got some good stuff here. Um, you got your stone out? Assuming. Yeah. So anyway, I got a rock. <laughs> <laughs> they they both are kind of like that's a nice rock. It's, it's not. It's really not right? actually. It's not doing shit. But it's supposed to lead us to whatever uh, magical doodad was in the uh, safe safe deposit box. <laughs> really? I, 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 I heard that. Okay, I'll go for it. Uh. <laughs> So, listen, when you talk about things, um, clearly, uh, clearly, you know, you, you go out, you get some drinks, you shoot the shit. Um, ever been to a bar called Sadie's? Once, twice. I mean, I, I don't know, you know, I, I might have. Once, twice, you know, somebody, somebody at the bank, you know, used to go there. Uh, Somebody at the bank. Yeah. Who? Oh, uh, you know, he was a teller for a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, Not anymore, though. No, no. Moved out, moved along about, you know, six, eight months ago. Name? Evan. Evan? Evan Scudder. Six to eight months ago. Interesting. Seems to be. You wear a lot of red and yellow. 
Now he wasn't one of those. He wasn't a biker. He seemed to know some of them though. Uh-huh. What are you talking about? You went to a friggin' biker bar with this guy? What are you, what are you doing? You're going to a friggin' biker bar full of crooks with one of our tellers and you didn't tell anybody? What? You're not a crook just because you got some friends who are a little bent. Doesn't mean that you are. Cheap whiskey. What can you do? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Although it wasn't cheap for you. No. No, but I tip very generously. Yeah, I mean, yeah, just gotta talk to you know. You talk to some of the bikers. You talk, you know. They, they, they chum along, you know. They play some pool. Yeah, one of them. Uh, yeah, you know, he he was a really interesting guy. He had this real interest. He worked. He was a teller, but mm-hmm. he wanted to start working with with. Oh, is this that prick who wanted to? Kept wanting to move up the ladder and work in loans. Loans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy he was always coming in trying to work with home loans and business loans. Always real curious about foreclosures. Mm, okay. This is this is the same guy, this Evan Scott. Yeah, yeah. He was, you know, always poking around, looking at what buildings that we were repossessing, trying to figure out. Why, you know, how to work around that, when, how long it would take for some of these things to be sold again. Real nosy guy. Real pain in the ass. He's glad when he quit. He quit? Do you know where he went? No fucking clue. As, but, you know, there was one place towards the end, he got real curious about this one one place I can't remember where it was give me a minute and he he's not you know jerking you around he honestly is yeah. trying to remember Lop- eat the lobster the protein will help <laughs> yeah I mean yeah he, he didn't talk to me about that kind of stuff he was you know we would just go out we'd drink he asked about you know he did ask about some of the bank security stuff but I don't know I know the code to get in I don't like know how to get into the vault or anything right mm-hmm. but he was just that you know honestly he was kind he was, he was a little bit on the annoying side yeah. but but you know what he always paid so I'm not gonna turn him down sure you meet any of his other friends at the bar any of them ever sit with you yeah it was only one guy. Tall, broad, had this like crazy, like white beard. Not like Santa Claus, like you know, <laughs> trimmed in. You know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, name began with now, I think. Lenny. Lenny. That was it. Lenny. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. Oh wait, now I remember. He was asking about. From the mirror, <laughs> uh, three gunshots from the mirror yep. hit uh, Marks. Fortunately, it's kind of shooting down at a weird angle, but it hits him, and the shots were are not lethal. They they were they could have been headshots, but. The angle was off and missed, but he's thrown back, chair falls over, mm-hmm. and 
when you look at the mirror, it's a normal mirror. It's not shattered, nothing like that. But the something came at least you'd assume it came from the direction of the mirror. Yeah. He's barely, he's kind of, oh, oh God, oh fuck, Rick, Rick, call an ambulance, somebody call an ambulance, oh my God. Yeah, I'm, uh, the the people are running, it's panic at the Italian restaurant. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I would not go to that concert. Um, Uh, I'm sure the servers are calling on. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I draw my gun and I shoot shoot at the mirror. Mirror shatters. That's a lot of bad luck, Wally. I mean, that's that's the way this day's been going. So, the hell is you asking about a foreclosed tailor shop? Foreclosed tailor shop. This case got really Italian real fast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, when you're here, you're family. Um. <laughs> All right, Taylor's. Taylor's. Uh, maybe we can uh, ask one of the the researchers at the um, troubleshooters guild and find out if that, or we can we can call the bank and find out their foreclosures. Uh, yeah, let's call the bank and find out what Taylor shops have been. And also let them know one of their guys has been shot. (laughs) That, yeah, yeah, they'll, you know, he gets the rest of the day off. The ambulance shows up. That's true. (laughs) They load him in. I mean, he's, he got, it's as if I rolled really poorly on that, you know, gunshot (laughs) attempt. So it was, it was a miss. It wasn't, it wasn't like a, a mercy no, name. No, that was, <laughs> that was a three. Oh, um. great. Okay. Well, luckily, um, you know, it wasn't a very quality mirror because the dimensions must have been off for the aim to, to, you know, not kill him. Yeah. So. Um, you want to contact the bank? Yeah. All right. Uh. They look into it, into a, uh, you give them the time frame, and there is indeed a tailor shop on, you know, the other side of the, in the city that was foreclosed on about eight months ago. Is Jameson telling us this, or is is somebody else at the bank, like just whoever answers? That's, did you call Jameson, or did you call, did you call his, did you ask for him or not? Well, I feel like somebody should tell Jameson his head of security's been shot, so... Okay, then yes, this is Jameson fussing about, and, you know, you hear the sound of a put-upon Mrs. Dalrymple, his secretary, (laughs) who, you know, she does the, you know, finds the information for him. Yeah. And she, apparently, just, you can tell by the sound of her voice, feels about the same for him that both of these guys, that this guy is not well-liked in the back. Yeah, Jameson, please be sure to put in a workers' comp claim for uh, Mr. Marks as he was on bank business during the incident. I'm sure something can be arranged. Yes, thank you. We'll we'll be sure to check in on that. Mm -hmm. On official troubleshooters uh, protocol. Yeah. 
Okay, so is there any next like contact info for the? They give yeah. you no. They just they own this place at this point because it was completely foreclosed on. It's not yeah. been sold. It's okay. sitting empty. But um, like contact info for whoever had it before. Uh, not sure. Not, I mean, you can call them, but. Yeah. First things first, we have we have an address, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Oh, absolutely. You have an address. All right. Well, guess where we're going next. Okay. Well, you head to said tailor shop, um, and as you get closer, you as you get closer notice that the pocket of his jacket, you're actually seeing the thrumming light. Wally, it's getting brighter getting a lot brighter in your in your pocket so i'm 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 hoping that's the rock and not well, uh and not you happy to see me <laughs> damn it you got to the happy to see me joke before i did <laughs> you gotta be quick wally oh uh, that's points off um okay well this is all right, all right yay okay we're getting somewhere uh you pull up to the tailor shop mm-hmm. it's a squat building um, the sign has been mostly ripped, fallen down. The windows are papered, so you can't see in. There's a front door, front glass door there, and that's what you see from the front. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you? What are you gonna do? I think we should check the back. Okay, there is a back door as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the only. I mean, there's, the front is gla- it's all display glass, but mm-hmm. around back, it's just... I mean, there are some windows, but they've also been papered over. Mm-hmm. Um, the back door is a solid wooden door. Nothing particularly interesting about it. Okay. What do we got to do to get in? Well, you should have... Well, there's, you, there's a couple of options here. I mean, you could just kick in the door. Uh, that would probably draw a good deal attention. of attention. Mm-hmm. You as a rogue, have access to thieves' tools, which are lockpicks. All right, cool, I want to do that. Oh, yes, okay. so you can roll a d20 and add your thieves' tools. That's ah, okay, that's a plus six to 11, so uh, 17. 17. Um, it takes a little bit of work, a little bit of fidgeting, but the door unlocks. Uh, what you see is a dark hole uh, with various, you know, a couple of doors, you know, you probably, one is an office, one's probably a bathroom, and then a door leading out to the store, the, uh, show floor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, do you enter? Yes. Okay. Do you enter charging? Do you enter stealthy? I'm gonna, I'm gonna just do an arcana check just to see if there are any magic. Uh, don't yeah. roll it and don't botch. Yeah. <laughs> um. Fifteen. Yeah, there's a lot of magic going on in here. Yeah. Um, and it's what you got out of the box was this sort of weird combination of magic. There is some of that. There's also very distinct schools of magic yeah. going on elsewhere. I just want to make sure I avoid any, like, abjuration, traps, bullshit, I sense. You don't sense any of okay. that, really. Um, All right. You do, as you get in, you do now start hearing voices. The door to the show floor 
is, or the, the tailor shop chauffeur bit is any, shut. Any mirrors? There aren't any mirrors along the hall. Okay. But, See any mirror, break it. <laughs> <laughs> you already have the bad luck. <laughs> but you, we are loaded. You hear, you start here. Look at all this fucking cash. We are never going to have to work another day in our lives. Yes, we are. The boss has a... We're working for him, no matter what we have. But we can live comfortably now. Hey, all I know is I am going to go out and buy every piece of clothing I ever wanted to. <laughs> Look at that mannequin burn! Look at it burn! Good thing we chose stealth. I. It's, it's gonna be interesting no matter what. When is a boss supposed to get in touch with you about dropping off that weird thing he wanted? He'll contact us when he contacts us. They continue to, mm -hmm. to talk. Um, roll me a perception. Um. 12. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's a jumble of voices. Mm -hmm. it, it's a, a you, you, few people. Yeah. You, you can't quite get exactly how many people are there. More than three, less than eight, unless there are some that just aren't talking. But they all seem to be pretty chatty, so. All right. So now you know they're there. Right. They're talking about the heist. So you've you found Lenny and his crew. Right. Um could call for backup. Backup Did is probably a good backup? That is an excellent question. We probably have to roll <laughs> to find out. No, I mean what's our what's our You can call protocol? for backup. Let's call for backup. Um it might take time to get here. Yeah. Right. In, well, we're hidden right now. Yeah, we can call the cavalry, let them know that we're... We found the crew, and we don't know the types of enemies we're facing, so... Okay. Um, just give them the coordinates. Okay. Um, um, so you get a reply. Uh, good for you. Um... <laughs> You will be getting support. Yeah. Um, it should arrive in no more than 15 minutes. Okay. So okay. you basically have to just keep a lid on this for 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Whether or not that means just staying hiding or going in and trying to confront them to distract them so they don't make a runner or whatever you want to do. But you've got to just make it 15 minutes before... A whole squad of troubleshooters, uh, battle mages, and such will yeah. show up. And we've we've told them about the the potential for. I would I would have assumed that we would say something about containment for like an artifact that can. Uh huh. Boom. Yes. Cool. Okay. So now it's up to you. Other. I mean, are you just gonna stay back here and wait for your backup and hope that? And keep listening to what they're saying, or are you gonna try to do something more active? I, I feel like 
I'm going to play it cautious just because we don't know how many voices we're hearing. Um, you've well, done at least we can four see of them. If they can, yeah. <laughs> we can see if they can give away any information, record you know, the yeah, evidence that. at this point. Uh-huh. And then um, <laughs> I feel like on a meta level, this is what happens when you have two players instead of a whole squad. Because if you had a barbarian in here, you, you would just like <laughs> automatically go guns blazing. And well, you, remember, I'm a rogue. I'm sneaky. Yeah, you have a rogue and you have a squishy <laughs> wizard, and we're just kind of like, hey, you know, maybe maybe we don't have to like Leroy Jenkins here. We can just like, <laughs> get the information, and we can um, just you know hold on to the element of surprise as long as we have it. See if they give anything else up, uh, which is. Um, Possibly not as exciting as uh, listeners would would want. <laughs> well, you 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 continue to listen and you continue to you know. They 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 aren't saying anything particularly engaging or interesting at this point. Uh-huh. Talking about what they're gonna buy with all yeah. the money, uh, stuff like that. Yeah, and if if they have the cash, we know the serial numbers can be traced back to the bank, so we can prove that they did it. So it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um. And then, I mean, you hear, you know, they're moving around. You hear chairs moving, people walking around. Occasionally a sound as probably Mickey lights something else on fire. Yeah. Um, and you're, you're in the hallway. And then you start hearing footsteps kind of moving towards you. And the door pushes in as one of them kind of is half turned. I got to just use the... You know, facilities, <laughs> and <laughs> opens the door and. Um, I'm gonna cast something on him. Um. Can I just hit him with my yeah, gun? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can. How close sure. are we to this guy? Um, how close to the door were you? That's. I mean, I mean, we were probably like right there, eavesdropping mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and recording. So, yeah, let's say we were right. I am within pistol whipping distance. Okay, uh, roll me a strength check. Strength. 17. 17. Okay. Did you, and you added the bonuses. Oh, hold on. Plus so two. You rolled Ni- 19. 19. 19. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um,. Look, the guy who opens the door is fairly bulky. Uh, he's wearing a bandolier of boomerangs. And you <laughs> hit... What is this, the Silver Age? <laughs> Wait. Uh, so roll me uh, 1d4 plus that modifier. Uh, um, okay. So uh, back, this is strength again? Yeah, whatever the strength modifier. This is the damage. Yeah. For, an improvised, for an improvised weapon, you're hitting them. Yeah, not so Oh, nice. Okay, so four plus, so six. Okay. Nice. Um, I mean, he doesn't go down, but it's, ah! And he kind of stumbles back, his nose gushing blood. Looks like we've got company. That's it for this week's show. As always, you can listen to WMQ&A on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and at WMQComics.com, where new episodes move Tuesday mornings. You can support WMQ&A and WMQComics.com at Patreon.com slash WMQComics. 
where just a dollar donation gets you early access to episodes, the ability to promote your work on our site, and a customized bonus reading column written by our own Matt Lazowitz built around the character, creator, or theme of your choice. And if we hit $10 in monthly donations, we'll start a new project, either a second podcast about the DC animated features, a deep dive retrospective on James Robinson and Tony Harris's Starman, or a manga for beginners feature. Uh, big thanks to our existing patrons, Steve Morris from Shelf Dust, Charlie Davis from The Young Ones Podcast, Robert Secundus from Docs Talks at XavierFiles.com, and Scott Madrinsky from Mojoswork.com. You can follow WMQ Comics on Twitter and Facebook, and you can follow me on Twitter at Daniel P. Grote and Matt Lazowitz at MattLaz1013. Not a fan of social media? Sign up for our weekly Q newsletter, which gives you the best of WMQ every week in your inbox. Finally, and most importantly, check out WMQComics.com for all your comics news, previews, reviews, interviews, and plain old views. And we'll see you next time. WMQA!